oh, do you know what? It's so much easier singing up in front of you than talking to you. Like, as if I don't talk every day of my life, and Ben knows I do. Um, this is so weird in comparison. I should just sing my whole thing, shall I? Anyway, I won't, because I haven't figured out a tune for it. And that could go awry. Um, okay. Are we up running? I love this song, um, The Lion and the Lamb. I'll put it back. Okay. Um, it reminds me of being at a fantastic place called the Oaks Holiday Centre, which is where I did my gap year. I'm going to talk about that a bit later on. Um, let's have a look at the lyrics to the song. Um, I'm not going to put that out because... The main points I want to highlight from the song are that our God is big and powerful. Um, yeah, you can agree with that if you want. Um, our God is mercy, merciful, and he rescues us. And then we're going to look at what our response to that needs to be. Um, the, one of the things I love about this worship song is just how many biblical references it has in it. Um, so I'm just going to leave these up here for a moment. Um, this is some, most, of, as many as I could kind of get um, of the references, but I think honestly there are so many that I thought I'm just going to run out of space on the Prezi and I'm going to run out of time in my little cruise to you. Um, so, but that's, that's good. Um, sometimes I get frustrated by worship songs um, because they can seem like a pop song as someone just taken out the word baby and replaced it for the word Jesus and that gets on my nerves. Um, so Jesus is not our baby and this is because he is the lion and the lamb. Um, and that's the main thing that I kind of want to share with you this morning, we look at the lion and the lamb. Um, our God is the lion of Judah. Now in I'm not used to the clicking. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's the Lion of Judah. In the Old Testament, Jacob has 12 sons, and each of his sons represents each of the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. And Judah is one of his sons, and the tribe of Judah was known to be the most powerful. Um, Judah was blessed by Jacob, and Jacob called him the Young Lion. Um, a bit like if you see Game of Thrones, um, the the son of the Stark family, am I getting this right? No. Is called the young wolf, um, because their sort of emblem is a wolf. Um, so Judah is the young lion. Um, okay, cool. Um, so he was called the young lion by his dad Jacob. And this is the tribe that carries the line of David, which is where Jesus descends from. And it's also good to remember that the descendants of Judah were where the kings of Israel came from. So being called the Lion of Judah, Jesus is being referred to as a king, which leads me perfectly to talk to you about my second favourite Disney film of all time. It's The Lion King. There's a little picture of it there. Um, before I go into this next bit, I want to thank Andrew Wilson, um, who my youth will, will have been listening to fervently, um, because he was speaking at New Day. Um, I was sat in the big top at New Day listening to his preach, um, well, one of, anyway, and this really helped me to write mine. So, I'm about to plagiarise this content almost entirely, just for a couple of minutes, and then I'll get back to using my own brain, and, um, and that'll be fine. Um, so, most people who preach about God or Jesus being a powerful lion, they go to the image of Aslan from the Chronicles of Narnia, and that's great. However, 
As a child of the 90s, I have videos. And yes. Um, and my mum couldn't have even paid me to pick up a book and read it. I was completely into videos. I had almost all the Disney VHS tapes I needed. Youth. A VHS tape is uh, like a rectangular plastic Netflix. Okay. Kids <laughs> today. Um, anyway, I love the image of Mufasa as the king, right? He roars with power, and every creature in the land is under his rule in this big old circle of life that they famously talk about. And even the bad guys. Um, the bad guys are scary, but Mufasa scares them. Scar and his hyenas, they know that Mufasa is the most powerful one. And so for us, who have the Lion King on our side, we don't need to fear the bad guys because we are under the rule of the king. And that kind of healthy fear, that reverence, is appropriate. We should, we should be um, in fear, as in in reverence, of a god that is more powerful than the things we are actually scared of day to day. And that's amazing. So, when we sing that our god is the Lion of Judah, we are saying Jesus is bigger than all the other things in my life, that's good and bad. Jesus is the king, Jesus is Lord. And the same goes for my other little picture up here of the Gruffalo. Um, in the story, the mouse scares off, oh, spoiler alert, Gruffalo spoilers, okay. Switch off now and then whiz on a bit if you haven't seen the Gruffalo already. Okay, in the story, the mouse scares off all the other animals that would have been his predators by associating himself with the Gruffalo. Even though his predators are scary, he's got like a snake and an owl and a fox and stuff after him, and they're scary, but they're scared of the Gruffalo that they think is, is coming, and so the mouse is safe. I love that story so much. So when I heard Andrew Wilson use it about Jesus, um, I sort of jumped on the opportunity to pinch it and use it for myself. Shameless. Anyway, um, plagiarism, hopefully over, as far as I know. Uh, so to sum up, Jesus is big and powerful, he's the Lion of Judah, and he is literally the Lion King, which is amazing. My next point is that he is merciful and rescues us. Um, and to do this, he became the sacrificial lamb. Um, some of you remember on International Sunday, a couple of months ago, um, that I did a little Hebrew blessing over the bread and the wine during communion. Um, I learned it from some friends of mine, ours, who were Jews. Um, and every year they invite Ben and I and other friends over to their place for a Passover celebration, um, where they remember how God rescued the Jews out of slavery in Egypt. Great, good time. Um, in Exodus, when God sends the last, the last of the ten plagues, which is the death of the firstborn child, there are some really specific instructions that he gives for the households to carry out. And so it's about preparing a lamb for a certain number of days, and then making, you know, like marking the door frame of their house with its blood, and then they have to like cook the whole thing and eat the whole thing, and if there's any leftovers, they have to like, burn it. It's really, it's really particular. 
Anyway, this lamb that is sacrificed in the Exodus story is what protects the Jewish households from the angel of death. Um, and the angel of death passes over the houses and their children are hung because they can see the marks of the lamb's blood on the door. And this isn't the only sacrificial lamb reference either. Um, Abraham was told by God to sacrifice his son um, up the mountain, but then God intervenes at the last minute and provides a lamb to spare Abraham from having to do it to his son. So God the Father provided the sacrificial lamb. And in the Old Testament, a lamb was one of the animals that could be used as a sacrifice to atone for people's sins in the temple. And so Jesus being referred to as the lamb that was slain is a reference to the sacrifice that he made for us. And when we sing, our God is the lamb that was slain, we're saying that God is merciful to spare us from having to die. He provided the sacrifice on our behalf in the form of his son. He did this so that Abraham didn't have to. He did this so that the Jews in Egypt didn't have to. And he did this on the cross so that those who accept Jesus Christ never have to. And that is mercy. That, that, is, that is mercy. John the Baptist refers to Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth. And I'm like, wow, did he hit the nail on the head or what with that? Um, I don't even think he knew how, how well he, uh, he put that. So Jesus is the Lion of Judah and Jesus is the Lamb that was slain. So with that in mind, when we sing our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah, when we sing our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain, when we sing those lines, we need to remember what we are declaring about who Jesus is, about his amazing power and his might over all things, and yet his amazing selflessness and mercy towards us. Does that not lead us to worship even more? Does it? Maybe it doesn't. Um, but I think it does. It definitely should. So I want to talk about the Oaks Holiday Centre, because I said I would, and I love it there. Um, it's a residential camp that is committed to communicating the gospel to children and young people. Um, I worked there for a year on my gap year, and then for about six months during one of my university placements. Uh, shocking, I know, me doing youth work. Who'd have thought? So anyway, during my time at the Oaks, that was when I had my first sort of real <coughs> theological like, growth spurts, I suppose you'd call it, like where I actually learned and developed in my kind of understanding of theology. Um, even though I'd attended church from about the age of 14, and over time I'd, sort of, I'd learned who Jesus was and what that meant, I didn't really get the theology in a, in a deeper, more intellectual way until I was at the Oaks, aged 19. Um, so I suppose I should explain why this song makes me think of that. Well, as part of our time at the Oaks, um, we were put through sort of basic theological training. And one of our teachers was an amazing man called Harold, who in his sessions, he explained some of the main themes that run through the Bible, um, one of which being the Passover lamb, and another one being the model of the Davidic king, so a king from the line of David. Um, and they're both supposed to be themes that run through the Old and the New Testament as a prophecy pointing to Jesus. Um, so those were two of the main sort of models that we looked at with our training. And today, here, ten years later, I get the opportunity to speak about that, having grown so much because 
of being at the Oaks, but more importantly, because God is generous and develops us to have a deeper understanding of who he is every day. Um, when I sing the Lion of the Lamb, I'm reminded not just of the Oaks, but I'm reminded that God isn't just this massive, unreachable being. He saves us. And he came down and humbled himself to save us. And, and he doesn't even just give us salvation, as if that wasn't, you know, quite enough. He grows us and shapes us to be more like Jesus. And that includes enabling us to have a deeper understanding and a deeper relationship with him as a result. And that really helps me to worship. What a thing to sing praises to God for, for being the lion and the lamb. So we're going to sing the song now. And as we do, um, perhaps you can use this as an opportunity to really give thanks to God for how you have, for how he has changed you and grown you as a result of your relationship with him. Give thanks for where you've come from and where he's brought you now. Um, because he doesn't just he doesn't just redeem us and then let us like carry on with it and, and keep going off and doing whatever. He invests in a relationship with us. Um, and he says, you know, when you seek me, you will find me. And and so that isn't a God that is just like there to fix you and then let you go again. That isn't what he's about. So let's let's use the song as a way of giving thanks to him. And maybe you're not sure what your relationship with him is like. Maybe you don't think you have one with him. Maybe you don't really know what you think about with this. Well, excuse me, if that is the case, I would encourage you to speak to either myself or one of the church leaders or have a chat with one of the prayer ministry team at the end. Um, I think it would be really good for you to have a think about what that means for you and, um, and pray into that. Um, maybe the band can come up as I just um, close in prayer for us. Thank you. 